Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair and a good week on so many levels for the Blues. A convincing 5-1 away win in the Champions League at Bruges, followed by a 4-1 victory away at Brighton in the Premier League. So that's 9-2 on aggregate, uh, the score for this week. And uh, I've got three guests, as always. Um, Welcome to all three of you, to Paul Denby, to Edward Simpson and to Tony Newgrosh. Gentlemen, welcome to the Man City Show. Good to have you on. Nice to be back. Hi, Nigel. Hi, Nigel. Let's start, um, can we please, um, with that first half performance of Brighton, which is probably as good as as it gets, isn't it, Uh, Edward? Just kick off with that. What what was that like just to watch? It was an absolute joy, wasn't it? Uh, It was uh, one of our strongest half an hour I've seen us play for for quite some time it was a a true team performance uh about as solid as we can expect at the back I think the uh Diaz Laporte axis is looking stronger and stronger by the game but also uh the the Walker Cancelo um sort of duo uh really has given us uh, a whole new dimension with what then captains both going forwards and backwards uh, and then when we start to sort of unpick the, the midfield, well, it's getting to the ridiculous point where we're struggling to sort of see maybe where KDB is going to um, naturally fit in. There's so many players playing at the peak of their powers. Uh, and uh, we just tore them apart. And let's, let's remember, Brighton were in fourth place coming into this game, had a fantastic start to the season. I think we're a much uh, more uh, potent opposition than, than Bruges in the game before. Uh, yet we we absolutely dismantled them in that first half an hour. So... Um, really great to see also that uh, Grealish seems to be fitting in now uh, to the ethos and the, the work ethic of, of the team. Uh, and long may it continue. And getting booed for his troubles at every ground he goes to, which I can't quite get my head around. He was being cheered from the rafters when he was playing for England 10 minutes ago. Uh, but, but Stato, Paul Denby, good to see you again, Paul. What, what was your take on that? Well, the take on it was really the fluidity, was the style of play was just fantastic to watch on, on Saturday. They were all over Brighton from the start. They could have scored a couple of other goals, had a you know, brilliant goal line clearance that stopped it being 1-0 quite early on. And then we had other chances as well. Two of our three goals were, you could say, all three in a way, were all defensive errors as well. We broke down their attack in the first one and came forward so quickly for the second goal, I think it was. And we also, it was a bad pass for the, by them that created the third goal. But we were putting so much pressure on them through the whole of that first half that they were that led them to make the mistakes. So I thought it was a brilliant first half performance. 
I didn't expect it to be sustained in the second half. Unfortunately, I was right because it was it was very difficult to keep it going. And Brighton are, as Edward said a few minutes ago, they are a decent team. They're no mugs. They haven't conceded many goals up until uh, Saturday. So great performance. Really proud of the team for what they did. And it was good to see Gundogan back to what he was like uh, last season because his first few games this season, he wasn't quite as, uh, as good as we come to expect. So maybe the... The rest and that's light injury has done him some good. Um, I'm keen to hear your general overview, Tony, as well, but maybe you can then pick up on, we can expand a bit on some of the individual performances. I want you to do that first. And maybe can I just give a player for you to start with as well, once you've given us your overview? Uh, Ballon d'Or contender, uh, young Phil Foden, who I'm, I'm running out of words, actually. So I thought being the wordsmith you are, perhaps you can help a bit. I'd love to. The only thing I disagree with is I think that level of performance we've seen so often this season, it's been absolutely magnificent. Chelsea away, we were magnificent. I thought PSG was one of the finest performances I've seen, even though we lost. Um, There's been many performances like that. Bruges, I'm sure we'll come on to. We were fantastic. So to keep doing this game after game to maintain that standard after what's been a really gruelling list of fixtures of late, I thought was magnificent. And led, as you say, by... An incredibly mature performance by Phil Foden. I thought he he is an astonishing talent. He clearly cares for the club. He puts in a shift, as do all of the players. He puts the team first and he got his rewards. And it's just it's just an absolute joy to watch him and the team at the moment. You know, please God it will translate into trophies at the end of the season. But just week in, week out, to have the privilege to watch this football is is just magnificent. Edward, uh, Edward, I did enjoy Pep's quote, which was something like, "There are players who play positions and players who play football," and he put Foden in that in that category, and and, and he, he turned up in all sorts of positions around the around the pitch, and he seems to have been given that freedom by Pep, and he's just reveling in it. He, he is, and he's just showing uh, every game how his his natural ability is is becoming sort of evident, irrespective of where you play him. Uh, but also his footballing brain, brain is growing. And you, you can see that he's becoming, I think, more vocal uh, on the pitch, more of a leader, even at the, uh, dare I say, tender age of 21. Uh, so that maturity is is exactly what Guardiola was was trying to make happen uh, when he stopped him going away on loan and kept him within the first team squad. And it now seems to be playing dividends. Uh, and you have to remember, you know, we've, we've played already away. Spurs, which is our one blot on our copybook, Chelsea, Liverpool, Leicester, Brighton, all top teams. Next up, Man United, dare I say it. Um, so we, we've had our hardest away games on paper already, and we're only uh, not even in November yet. And uh, Foden has been instrumental in pretty much all of those games. Uh, and uh, wherever you play him, he's going to be uh, one of our, our best players getting an eight or nine uh, in almost every game. We, we, we have said that in the past about other players. I haven't always maintained it, but I have not seen any dip in form from him at all this season. It's been phenomenal. I mean, Sato, feel free to fill your boots on Foden, of course. And maybe you could kick us off on Bernardo as well. And we have talked about this the last couple of weeks, this whole situation where Grealish was coming in. He plays pretty much the same position. There was talk of him not being very happy. He was going to go back home. And suddenly we've got that amazing midfield um, of Grealish and him playing in the same side, seem to be relishing in that. And, and and what are the last few games he's played as well? He seems someone he, that Pep can't drop, really. He's probably one of the first names on the team sheet, I would have thought. 
For the first 11, he is certainly there at the moment. He's back to the form that, I'm sure you've said this before, the form that he was in two or three seasons ago when he first came to the club. And the fact that he just runs and runs and runs, he's not just got the skill, he's got the dynamism, he's all over midfield, he hassles, he puts pressure on the players, but the skill level is immense as well. I mean, he's the second silver we've had, and he's proving if he continues at this level for as long as David Silver played for City, he'll be another uh, hero for the... Well, he's already a hero, but you know what I mean. He'll be an icon of Manchester City in, in, the, in days to come. So he's having a brilliant season so far. I hope he keeps it up. Another player I'd like to mention as well, I mean, we've covered Foden, but another player who I think is having a fantastic season as well in midfield is Rodri. I think his performances over the last few games uh, show why Pep wanted him in the first place. He maybe struggled a little bit to keep that form going in uh, last season or so, but at the moment he's playing brilliantly and has shown that he can take over the Fernandinho mantle as uh, Fernandinho has to step back a little as age catches up with him gradually. So Rodri deserves a mention, I think, as well. Anybody else? Who else stood for you? I mean, I mean, Edward, you gave us a fantastic summary at the start. Pretty much mentioned every player, I think. But uh, anybody else want want special mention? Um, we'll, we'll talk about Brighton and the way they came back in the second half. But that first half hour, I guess, as you say, was just scintillating. Um, and anybody else particularly worthy of note, or was it just one of those fantastic team performances where you know Pep must have been absolutely loving it, and uh, he seemed to be on the, sitting on the bench there, high fiving people and so on. Um, anybody else particularly? I thought it was just a magnificent team performance, to be honest. We just stamped our authority on the game from the very first minute and just looked so up for it. Uh, and you can, there are other teams who spent as much as us, but nobody who's got our work rate and our pride and, and has, has left a legacy. You know, I was watching the under 13s this weekend and they're all passing it out from the back now. This is This has come from Pep. You know, he has changed football. Nobody plays the Chelsea way, whatever that is. Um, he's done a fantastic service, not just to this club, but football as a whole, I think. I'm really, really just in awe at the moment of, as to how well we are playing. And just one negative. Uh, we didn't have a clean sheet. Um, Edison, did he really need to come out and make that challenge? I mean, that's, you know, that's not great. He, he wants to get the golden gloves again and, and he was at fault there, clearly. Is that something we need to spend long on or is it just... That's kind of in his nature, in his makeup. What do you reckon, Stato? I think it's a little bit in his nature, unfortunately. He did, it was a totally unnecessary penalty to give away. The ball was at the byline, it was going out of play. He dived in unnecessarily. It was stupid, um, but it's it, it part of his DNA, I think. And for all, you know, if he's going to occasionally have a fault like that, he makes up for it with all his the rest of his other play. So willing to forgive him for that one. Had it been nil-nil at the time, might not have been so forgiving. Edward? Yeah, I, mean, I think it is part of his sort of aggressive sort of natural play. Um, he, he wants to be in the face of the attacker coming out. Uh, but it is part of, if you're going to be super critical, it's part of his game that can perhaps just be a little bit more savvy um, on occasions. If that was in a different game, uh, you know, nil-nil, um, against uh, you know a, a team like Chelsea who struggled perhaps to to break down, that wouldn't be a smart move. So in, in the context of the game, not a big problem. But you know it's good that he'll take something away that he'll probably learn from next time. Two other things before we go to the break. Um, the Posman was back, uh, and I might be wrong. And there's been a lot of press about kits and so on. Um, and our third kit uh, with a badge on the back of the neck and uh, uh, the words Man City on the front, a slightly unusual looking kit. Um, Got views on either of those? Uh, Tony, kick us off on that one then. So the kit and the Poznan, which one do you want to tackle? Either or or both? 
Well, I did have to explain the Poznan to my kids, so they clearly haven't seen it for a while. But no, it's great. It's part of our history. It's part of our DNA, and it's good it's back. And the kit, quite like it, so all good. Paul? Totally ambivalent about the kit. It's who plays in that kit that counts for me. Manchester City players. You always say that. You need to get onto this kit thing. I don't don't care. As long as they don't wear uh, all red or anything like that, I don't mind. Um, So, yeah, as, as long as the players do what they need to do, I'm totally ambivalent about the kit. Edward? Well, Fred, I've got a bit of a mere culpa here, Nigel. When I was on previously, you asked me about this. I gave it a massive thumbs down and thought having the words Man City across the front of the shirt was an abomination. It wasn't even the name of our club. And then I, I uh, re- reminded myself afterwards that this is the Man City show that we're on. Uh, and actually, watching the game, seeing them in the shirts, um, I'm, I'm slightly won over. Um, I, I was r- rather keener on it than I thought it was going to be. But, um, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily a, a fashion icon myself, so probably not best to take my advice. But it's growing on me. That's for sure. Uh, and in terms of the Poznan, then where are you on that, then, Edward? You were you were fancy. Oh uh, well, yeah, I've al- I've always loved the Poznan. I think it's a great bit of fun. Brings the crowd together. Um, it's created some um, spectacular sort of um, memories and sort of photographs of of the crowd over the years. So I'm glad to see it back. Fantastic. Listen, we're, we're going to look forward to Bruges, and then we'll look at the next two games as well: West Ham in the Carabao Cup and Crystal Palace at the weekend in the Premier League. And we'll do that straight after this break. Welcome back. Uh, We're going to talk about Bruges. Uh, Obviously, before we do that, our thoughts and prayers, of course, are with sort of Belgian-based City City fan uh, Guido. And I think, uh, as I say, he's uh, he was attacked, uh, set upon at a service station coming back from the game. And I'll say our thoughts are with him. Uh, Keep fighting, and we wish him a full and speedy recovery. Um, and I think, again, I think the, the club have done a fantastic job in showing that support with, uh, with the way they've handled that. And so our, our thoughts remain with him and his family at this difficult time. Um, let's talk about the game. Um, Tony, uh, listen, this, this was, could have been a bit of a banana skin. We talked on the, on the show last week. It was kind of almost a, a must win, really, after the loss at PSG. We really couldn't go there and lose again. Uh, and a draw probably wouldn't have been enough either. And what a fantastic performance again. Absolutely. Thoroughly professional. Never looked in doubt for one minute. Cancelo's goal, fantastic. You've got your two fullbacks scoring. Palmer, magnificent as gain. Uh, yeah, could have been a, a bruising affair, as they say, but hey. came out of it in flying colours, I thought. No, it, we were we were magnificent. And Bruges are up for it, let's be honest. And their fans are up for it. And we dealt with it all. Fantastic performance. And I think that, that we all feel a lot more comfortable in the group now. We'll definitely go through. I think Edward 5-1 flattered them, to be honest. It could well have been more than that, couldn't it? Yeah, at times, it like we were just going to sort of cut through them at will. and it, But it all came from uh, the top of the pitch where, again, we were just pressing like our lives depended on it. And, and Bruges just couldn't cope with it. They were just throwing the ball back to us. And, and we, we had the answer every time they tried to put up a, a wall of, of defence. I just thought we were very quick. We were very incisive. I think we got that hunger back. We really want it this time. And Okay, if if this was um, going into another game against Bruges as a sort of second leg, it'd be a dead rubber. But we still need to do it again uh, this time around just to make sure we get that qualification uh, because we're going to come across better teams further further down the competition for sure. And how did you see it, Staten? Much the same, to be honest. I mean, we scored five. We had two disallowed goals as well, which were 
well, one was marginally offside, so it shouldn't have stood. And then there's a slight push as well by Grealish. It could have quite easily been seven or eight, but um, you'll settle for 5-1 away from home in a European match. Uh, great performance again. So if we can continue this level of performance, um, we can win lots of uh, more games. We will do, because we're a great team. Uh, and on the score sheet, uh, a lad who's been with City since under eights. I haven't actually realised that. <laughs> um, but, so just to repeat that, he's been with City since under eights. And there he is playing in the Champions League and scoring for Manchester City. I'm what, you know... <sighs> Yes, we can spend hundreds of millions of pounds on great players from anywhere in the world, but at the same time, we've got Phil Foden and we've got now Cole Palmer as well. What a joy it is, Edward, to see a youngster like that sort of coming through the ranks and being given his chance as well. That's just, just as City fans, you, you just want to see that, don't you? Oh, it's exactly what we want to see. And I think there was a, a worry not that many years ago that, that this sort of um, ability to bring uh, young talent through through the uh, the youth team and into the senior squad had gone, but it's, it seems like, and I didn't, didn't watch the under 13s or under 11s, wherever it was, but it sounds like, you know, this is, this is becoming um, the blueprint for how we regenerate our team in the future. And, and Cole Palmy looks so assured, looks so confident. Uh, and, you know, with, with someone like uh, Pep at the helm, he's not going to throw uh, the likes of Cole Palmer on the pitch unless he knows he's got what it takes. So the future is really bright. Um, and I can only see, uh, us uh, going from strength to strength in our squad as a homegrown squad, uh, as opposed to um, uh, it, it having always having to be a little bit like what United do these days, is trying to find the best thing off the shelf somewhere abroad. So uh, um, he, he's an, he epitomises what I think is a fantastic strategy, which now uh, over a decade in is starting to uh, really pay off. Stato, you probably saw him play for the under eights, did you? I guess did you know <laughs> um, sort of the way you operate and what you get up to and, and what you watch? No. Almost, because um, my nephew was on Manchester City's books between the age of about, I can't remember exactly, between the ages of nine and 13-ish. He's the same age as Cole Palmer. He played at the same time. And I asked him a few weeks ago, do you remember playing with Cole Palmer? And he said, yes, he stood out at that age group, even then as being so much better than the rest of the people, the, the squad that were playing at that time. And he said everybody could see that of all the players that were on City's books at that age group, he was the standout player that if his head kept going, he would make it. And my nephew didn't. He's doing other things now, but Cole Palmer did. Amazing. Yeah. Listen, let's let's look forward. Um, Tony, let, let's look forward to the next two games then. Uh, we've got the Manchester City Cup midweek. Um, we're going for a record. Um, we're going to win it 23 years on the trot if we win it this year. I think it is. Um, and we're playing West Ham United. Pep has already said He's going to play some of the kids. Um, I don't know, it's going to be 11 changes or four or five. He clearly wants to win it again, doesn't he? He's, he's, he's always taken this competition seriously. But he's going to clearly ring the changes for West Ham away. I think so. It'll be a nice balance. I think I think we'll certainly see young Mr Palmer again and a few other youngsters. There'll be a run out, no doubt, for a few of the fringe players. But looking forward to it. I think it's a sellout now. My two boys are going. On their own, very excited. First time they've been to an away game together. Um, so looking forward to it. I think it will be a good game. And credit to West Ham. They've, they've seemed to have finally got their own house in order, playing some good football. So I think it'll be a good game. I think they'll push us hard. They've been doing very well this season. But as we said before, we will play the pep way. We will pass the ball around. And I think I think we'll be all right. Looking forward to it. 
the thing about it, Edward, of course, is that this is a real. I think if we win this, we're in the quarterfinals. Uh, I, I think is is where the stage we're at. And obviously, West Ham gives them a chance of some silverware. Doing all right in the Premier League, they're probably not going to win the Premier League. But here's a real chance for them. So they're not going to sort of see this as a let's get this out of the way and focus on the Premier League. I think they're going to put out a reasonably strong side, and it could be it could be quite a difficult fixture for us. Yeah, I think that's right, Nigel. I think this is the fourth round, so before you know it, you're you're in the last eight and uh, not far off Wembley. And I think we last lost this tournament in 2016. Uh, so I only had three children, and I've, I've now got four. Um, I, I'm I'm going to be there um, with a with a couple of uh, um, some big city fans and friends. I hope it's a, a cracker, sort of a good evening game under the lights. But yeah, West Ham will put out a strong team. They will want to win this. They'll see this as a, as a potential trophy for them. Uh, they're, they're, they're playing with a lot of um, uh, confidence and verve. So uh, I think we might put out uh, a few more senior players than we would normally as a result of that, um, just to keep the solidity there, keep the um, also the, the physical battle in our favour because West Ham um, aren't shy in, in that regard. But uh, I think we should just just have enough on the night um, I hope he doesn't go to penalties because I, I never like being in the stadium when there's penalties. Uh, at least at home, you can go in the other room and, and put the put the kettle on. But I, I think we should just have enough. Uh, and I think uh, Cole Palmer could could well be the star. Uh, and I know Strasser just to complete the set. I know um, you and your lads are going to be there again, of course, as you tend to be home and away wherever you are. Um, your thoughts ahead of this? I, do you think, again, it's Pep's talking about the kids, but it's only going to be a handful rather than wholesale changes just to make sure that we get ourselves over the line? I think he'll bring in some of the fringe players that didn't play at the weekend, plus a handful of the youngsters. So it'll be a fairly, it'll be a strongish team, but with youngsters in there. Uh, a little bit of stat for you. We haven't lost in the League Cup outside of the northwest of England since 2011. So you had, you, had, you had hair and everything then, didn't you? I remember. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I had hair even in those days, but yes, it's, a, it's ten years since we actually lost a game in the League Cup outside of um, the Northwest. Unbelievable. Uh, we, we might come back to the Northwest in, in a second. Uh, um, so, so, some predictions then. Are we all all three of us going for a win then against West Ham? I'm kind of looking for. Uh, we're going to get through. Get out, do, do enough to get over the line. Do we all think? Yeah. We always win yeah. in the League Cup, don't we? Exactly. Um, a question on Twitter from our from our very good friend John Stapleton. So before we talk about um, the final game, uh, before we, we we go off, which is the, the Saturday fixture against Palace, standard three o'clock kickoff. Um, he, the question is asked: Is did we dodge a bullet by not signing Ronaldo? Uh, good question. Um, I kind of hesitated not to mention. Uh, the R word um, or the team from just outside Manchester but I suspect on the weekend we've just seen maybe we might have to just mention it briefly and I know Tony you're keen to bloody mention it so so go <laughs> on did, did we dodge a bullet then not signing Ronaldo our, our good mate John Staple wants to know I think we did actually I think it would have made turned us into a bit of a media circus that's never been our way and the guy's 36 no one doubts his, his ability but is he the player we needed well you look at his work rate for that team from Stratford at the moment and uh, he's not doing a great deal of good for them so no I'm delighted we'll wait for Haaland he'll be a 150 million pound bench warmer the way we're going at the moment but I think let's go for the real quality when we need it and just on that I'd also take us down the, the, a different path but if we did get Haaland 
you know, one of those creative midfield players can't play. I mean, it could well have been Foden. You know, if, if Kane had come, for example, someone like Phil Foden might not have played the last few games. We would have had Kane there. And that, well, that's always the balance, isn't it? People say at the moment, we're perhaps not being ruthless enough. We're not taking all of our chances. But the reason we're creating so many chances is we've got about 17 midfielders gracing the pitch. So, listen, it'll be a nice problem to have. Uh, Edward, your thoughts then on Mr. Ronaldo? Dodged a bullet? I think on balance, yes. There'll always be the what-if question um, if he had come. But it would have been all about him. You would have to build a team around him. Uh, as Tony said, you know, he's not a tracker. He's not going to be busting a gut um, all around the pitch like uh, we can rely on with the team that we do have. I just don't think he fits with our style of football uh, either. So um, I'm very happy to wait uh, for, for whoever they think is going to improve our team next time. I think we've probably also dodged a bullet on Kane, to be honest, um, because he hasn't blown me away this season uh, either. And, um, you know, when we're putting in 5-0, 5-1, 6-1, um, it's not as if we're, we're we're struggling to put the ball in the back of the net. Yes, the times when we could be more ruthless in front of goal and wish Aguero was there just to poach a few more of those crosses coming in um, and those um, sort of e- easy ones that we're potentially missing with someone not being in that position. But overall, um, I think they're welcome to uh, Ronaldo. They can have their uh, their, their 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 second coming, uh, which is rather falling flat, um, and we can just get on with playing uh, beautiful football. And just building on what you said, Edward, uh, Martin Livingstone on Twitter has said in, the, in answer to the question about dodging a bullet on Ronaldo, yes, indeed, would KDB be happy if he came in on 100 grand more than him? His ego is too big for our dressing room. Great player, but his style is not suited to our game. I think that's fair, isn't it, Stato? Yes, I think it's totally what you say. I mean, Ronaldo's not a, he doesn't track back. He doesn't run around the pitch fighting for the rest of his teammates. Yes, he he's has been a brilliant player. He's past his peak. Uh, that's why I wasn't keen to have him in the first place. And I think in hindsight, we have dodged a bullet. But the question is, was that bullet ever he- heading our way? Because I'm not sure that Pep was actually that keen on uh, signing him. But we'll never know that. Or we might know when Pep's man- memoirs come out in a few years' time. But uh, I'm glad he didn't arrive at City. All right, let's look forward then, not to Pep's book coming out, uh, but to Palace at the weekend then, Stato. Um, just uh, briefly on this, your thoughts ahead of this game? Well, they've given us some problems over the years. Yes, we've beaten them comfortably a couple of times, but uh, I remember the two all a couple of years back and a 3-2 defeat as well. So not to be, we shouldn't take it easy. We've got to put a similar performance as we've done against Bruges and Brighton. And a bit better than the one we put in against Burnley the week before, where we got over the line, but it wasn't a brilliant performance. It was possibly with the Southampton game as well. You go back to our last two league home games, they were the, possibly the two weakest games that we played this season. So this is another home game coming up, and therefore we've got to make sure we're switched on, do what we do away from home in the same way. And I'm not sure why we can't, to keep the pressure on them and um, try, try and make sure it's a... It doesn't need to be a convincing 5-0. I'll take... Two or three nil, as long as it's a good performance. Um, well, of course, we're capable of doing it. We're a better team than Palace, so we should win. Should win, Edward. Nailed on three points. Stato saying <laughs> we should win. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous about this one, Nigel. Just partly of what what, what Paul's been saying, uh, but also I think uh, Vieira's got got Palace more organised, uh, and in the past, you know, they've they 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 they've shown us what they are capable of on on a good day so 
yes, we can't be in any way complacent uh, because there is a risk. They've, they've got goals in them uh, and they can sort of disrupt a game quite quite well if they if they need to. But uh, we should have uh, more than enough if we get to the level of performance that we we're capable of um, in the particularly in like the first half an hour of um, the, the Brighton game. And we should be able to blow them away, but I'm just a just a little twinge of, of nerves that this is one that we don't want to come away with a draw or one of those irritating defeats that we'll look back on and regret. Twinge of nerves, Tony? Or are you full of confidence? Well, both. I mean, there's there's always nerves, isn't there? Um, it's you you just expect three points. Certainly, every home game these days, don't you? So anything less than that is is a bit of a disaster. But now, as Stato said, we are more than capable of beating Crystal Palace. I think they've they've played pretty well. I think they've only won one league game this season, haven't they? But they've drawn an awful lot. But bring it on and they'll do it. Yeah, no, it'll be comfortable. I thought Burnley played very well against us. So did Southampton. I'm sure Palace will, will raise their game again. But we just look fairly relentless at the moment. Same as the first half against Brighton and we'll be fine. Well, I look forward to coming back next week to discuss this. Let's hope there's another nine goals to celebrate. I'm off to the City website to buy Paul Denby a new third strip. Uh, the blue kitty seems to love it. So uh, it's going to be his birthday present from me. Thank you uh, very much to my three guests, to Edward Timpson, to Paul Denby and to Tony Newbrush. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at Media. .co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio.